sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a Wednesday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us. Bright and early live right here on this Wednesday on TMA. A ton to get to around the Major League Baseball diamond. We check in on Omaha in the Men's College World Series with a doubleheader of elimination games yesterday at the Chuck Charles Schwab Field. It is the eve of the 2023 NBA Draft. The coronation of Victor Wembayama as the number one overall pick for the San Antonio Spurs. But big news yesterday, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, that could affect who goes number two overall and who might be making that selection. Currently, the Charlotte Hornets hold that pick. A ton of changes in the odds on the eve of the NBA draft. All of that and more as we get going over these next two hours until 11 a.m. Eastern, live right here on the grid. We start in Major League Baseball, a reunion in H-Town yesterday for Justin Verlander against his former team, a team that he propelled to a World Series championship last year, winning the American League Cy Young. But now Verlander not in the AL, in the National League, playing with the New York Mets. And this year for Verlander in an Amazons uniform has been a little bit up and down. Coming off his best start of the season last week in the Subway Series against the other New York team in the Yankees, Verlander gives up four yesterday as Houston gets the last laugh against their former teammate. The Astros picking up a much needed victory four to two yesterday over the Mets. Houston booked as a minus 152 money line favorite against Verlander because Framber Valdez was on the bump for the Strohs. Framber Valdez, who is in contention to win the American League Cy Young Award this year, outdueling the guy that won the AL Cy Young Award last year. Justin Verlander spent the previous six years in Houston. Again, the AL Cy Young winner last season gave up four runs yesterday, only striking out five and he was coming off his best start last week on Wednesday against the Yanks where he went six innings of work only allowing three hits just a single earned run while striking out six but it was Valdez getting the better of Verlander yesterday a great outing from Fromber when you look at his ERA now Fromber Valdez seven and five this year a 2-2-7 ERA for him it is the second best in all of Major League Baseball nine K's yesterday sailing over that strikeout prop that you saw of five and a half and a plus 280 price right now for Fromber Valdez the second best in the American League to win that Cy Young award only 30 cents behind Shane McClanahan who is currently the favorite the ace for the Tampa Bay Rays. As we look at both the Mets and the Astros, Houston has the pedigree, of course, the reigning World Series champions. But the Mets had the hope and optimism with a huge bankroll, including Verlander, entering 2023. The Mets have been incredibly disappointing. Five games below 500 now, 34 and 39. They won the opener of this series in Houston a few nights back, but now 
They have dropped 12 of their last 16 games. Houston entered yesterday on a five-game skid. They were 35-23 and 23 at the beginning of June. On June 3rd, they had lost 11 of their last 15 since that point entering yesterday, but they turned to Framber Valdez, who delivers, again, a much-needed victory for the Strohs. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number one of a Wednesday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the Mets and the Astros slightly struggling at this moment, but Houston a big victory yesterday to get back on track. 4-2 to two over their former teammate, Justin Verlander. Now we go to the best team in Major League Baseball with the best record in all of the bigs, the Tampa Bay Rays. But something odd happened yesterday at Tropicana Field in Tampa. The Rays lost for only the eighth time at home this year. Tampa goes down. And who delivered the loss for Tampa Bay at home? That would be the Baltimore Orioles, who now have 23 road wins this season, the tied for the most in Major League Baseball alongside the Atlanta Braves. So the O's, very good away from Camden Yards. They deliver a loss to Tampa Bay yesterday at home. Now the Rays just 31-8, and eight, their home record this year at the Trop. And the Rays were booked as a minus 178 money line favorite. So Baltimore, another cash ticket as an underdog. As we look at the three best records right now in the American League, you will see quite a distinction at this moment. The Rays are the only team in Major League Baseball that has won more than 50 games this year. A 51 and 25 record for Tampa. A 2 to 1 price for the Rays as the favorites to win the American League. But those Baltimore Orioles have the second best record in Major League or in the American League at this moment. An 18 to 1 price for the O's to win the American League pennant. As you scroll down the board, it's still the eighth best number for Baltimore. With only six postseason teams in each respective league, the odds would say Baltimore might not even make the playoffs. They do t trail Tampa in the American League East standings by four games. But Baltimore, the top wild card spot at this moment in the American League, with the second best record in that league, the third best in Major League Baseball, only behind the Atlanta Braves, who continue to win baseball games as well. Seven consecutive wins. We talk about the hottest team in baseball. It's not the Braves. It's not Baltimore. It's not Texas. It's not anybody except the Cincinnati Reds. A double-digit win streak. We'll break it down for Cincy and around Major League Baseball up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. the midway point of this major league baseball season in just over a week's time in a game in a season that is 162 of those contests throughout a marathon of an MLB campaign so as we go around the bigs today we get Jurinari's assessment live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on sports grid the hardest working man in showbiz the hardest working man at the spiz grizz Joe Ranieri is here Joe you're doing some really good things right now but not quite as good as the Cincinnati Reds, who have won 10 consecutive Major League Baseball games. Jeremy Neri, did you ever think there would be a point throughout this 2023 MLB season that you would utter the words, the Cincinnati Reds have won 10 straight 
games? No, not with the word win in it. 10 straight, maybe referring to losses, but certainly not 10 straight, uh, you know, with wins. But, you know, it's funny. I, it, good things happen. Winning is contagious, right? 162-game yep. season, Ben, we have seen this. We see it every year with teams. They got a lot of youth. They brought up Dela Cruz. They got the old guard in there. The old uh, vet and Votto is back in now. Yep. He's contributing. They're getting uh, quality pitching out of those young arms and the bullpen. And they're in a division that is ridiculously winnable. None of us thought, Ben, including you, that the Cardinals would be what they are right now, that Cincinnati would oh. even be in the conversation for it. But hence, that's why they play the games. And uh, you got to love it. It's what makes MLB so much fun this time of year. As of right now, the Cincinnati Reds hold a half-game lead for the top spot in the National League Central. The Cardinals entered this season as a minus-170 heavy preseason odds-on favorite to win this divisional crown. If the season were to end today, it does not. We're only about 74, 75 games into 162. The Reds would win the division in the National League Central. The Brewers, who are a half game behind since he's still the favorites in the NL Central, but you see the excitement. Ellie De La Cruz, by the way, three of four yesterday, another home run for him, the second of his Major mm -hmm. League Baseball career. Joe, let's go around Major League Baseball right now. The team with the best record, the only team that has won 50 or more games this year, the Tampa Bay Rays actually had something unique happen yesterday at the Trump. It was their eighth and only their eighth home loss of the season at the hands of the Baltimore mm -hmm. Orioles, who have 23 road wins tied for the most in the bigs alongside the Atlanta Braves. Those three teams, the Rays, the O's, and the Braves, the three best records in Major League Baseball. Joe, what do you make of home field advantage in Tampa, though, at the Trop this year for the race? Well, it, it's kind of crazy because that park used to be, Ben, where uh, it was a dead under park, wasn't a great hitter's ballpark. The pitching staff and more importantly, the bullpen of Tampa guaranteed that you weren't getting eight runs in a game and they would yeah. squeak out enough runs just to be able to win. Well, times have changed uh, because they're not winning with pitching. They're winning because of the way they are swinging the bat. And uh, unfortunately, uh, like we saw last night, one of the very few occasions in which their pitching staff is certainly glass now of all guys yeah. uh, who ended up getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, they're finding it hard to give up, uh, not give up runs in that ballpark as well. So what a difference a year makes, but they still have one of the more dominant home field advantages. Tyler Glass now only making his fifth start of the year. Great to have him back for that Rays starting staff. He gave up six earned runs, though, in just four mm. and a third yesterday. He had only given up eight earned in his first four starts in <laughs> total. Baltimore scoring the first seven runs of the game. Tampa did make it interesting before Baltimore added some insurance in the top half of the eighth. So the Rays, the best record in the big still. The Orioles, the second best record in the American League. Third best in MLB and only a half game behind that, the Texas Rangers. Joe, do you think all three of these teams right now that currently pace the American League are true contenders for a pennant this year in the AL? No, I don't. But I think it's a great story, I think, is what's going to make this interesting because I, I think ultimately we are going to be having conversations. You know, you know how this works, Ben. After July, right, end of July, beginning of August, 
uh, we'll be on this show with you, and you and I are going to revisit this uh, this graphic, and we're going to be like, remember when Tampa, Baltimore, and Texas were the talk of the America? Yeah, um, a lot would have to go right for these teams. And quite honestly, all three of those teams, as you look at this here, Ben, which one of yeah. them is going to make a move at the trading deadline? Which one of these teams is going to add and which one of these teams is going to sell? That's a fascinating question. Joe, which one of these teams will find another team out there that is readily willing to sell any players that might contribute to a pennant run? And let's also not forget, yep. these are records right now before the halfway point in the regular season. Those pennant odds, though, of course, take into account playoff baseball in October. Mm -hmm. The Rays right now lead the American League East. The Rangers in the AL West. The Orioles would be the top wild card seed currently in the American League. So, Joe, as we go around Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves, well, they're the second hottest team in the bigs. They've won seven straight games. They are the favorites currently to win the World Series. 60 cents in front of the Dodgers, a plus 380 price for the Braves, who, of course, a World Series champion just two Major League Baseball seasons ago. A really good pitcher's duel yesterday in Philadelphia Ooh. between two teams, Gerinari, that had won six consecutive games Entering the Braves keep the streak alive, though. Their seventh straight win, four to two over Philly. Spencer Strider gets a win he desperately needed because, speaking of being lit up by a Christmas tree, he had given up 13 earned over his last two starts, only one earned allowed yesterday, and nine strikeouts against Philadelphia. Joe, what do you make of the trending trajectory of both Atlanta and Philly at this point? Um, it pretty much what we thought here ben right um you know the braves 47 and 26 we expected nothing less we all know that the phillies never start off well they finish strong right so the question with the phillies is always can they win enough games to get to the all-star break where they didn't bury themselves right so and it appears that that's they've finally figured some things out but i do think and it's kind of crazy to say this in in june ben but this NOLA start tonight is pretty big for them because they need to beat Atlanta, but they need mm. more importantly to know that Aaron NOLA still has what they need him to have in a big game like this. No more excuses. You're two months into the season now, Ben. Aaron NOLA, whatever it is, you need to figure it out. It needs to happen tonight against Atlanta, and then I think that's a, a lot of positive you can take away from that. The Braves right now, the World Series favorites at plus 380, but the Phillies trending in a mm. very positive way as well. Joe, as we look at the National League Cy Young Award odds, Zach Gallen, who will get to start later today for Arizona, is the favorite right now. But right behind him, the veteran in the young arms, Spencer Strider, who we mentioned, tied for the second best price at 5-1 to one to win the National League Cy Young alongside Clayton Kershaw in year number 16. Kersh seven innings of shutout work yesterday in the freeway series opener against the los angeles angels in anaheim joe as you look at the national league cy young award odds who is your favorite and how is kershaw still doing this at age 35 and kershaw is the only starting pitcher on the dodgers ben that has been there on the roster active and not hurt to this point in the season he's the mainstay of that dodger organization but 
Uh, I got no desire to buy at the top of the market with Gallon and company there or Kershaw. I do think now's the time to look at maybe a Merrill Kelly on that list there, mm -hmm. a proven commodity there for the first place Diamondbacks or the guy we just watched win last night in Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider was the favorite before he gave up 13 earned in his last two starts entering yesterday, returning to that Cy Young contender form against the Phillies as Atlanta has won seven straight games. By the way, Shohei Otani's 15-game hit streak comes to a close as the Halos were shut out last night in Anaheim by the Dodgers. More on the morning after with Joe Ranieri up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Way Wednesday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. It is the eve of the 2023 NBA draft. Listen, the offseason in the association is only about a week long at this point, but we love the summer in the NBA. The drama intensifies. It all builds up to some transactional talk as we get ready for the NBA draft. Joe Ranieri back here for a second consecutive segment live right here on the morning after. Joe, we have some movement as it pertains to that number two overall pick. Is it Brandon Miller? Is it Scoot Henderson for Charlotte? Who's making the pick at two? Who's making the pick at three? Mm. Is it going to yep. be the Portland Trailblazers? All of that pertains to this offseason, Joe, in the NBA. How do you feel about the summer months in basketball? I, we love it. I mean, listen, it, it was about, I, I want to say, within the last decade, uh, Ben, in which the NBA did a great job of realizing that we can't disappear once the finals is over and then you don't hear about us again until football season like that's not going to work so they have done an amazing job of making sure it is a 52 week a year situation with nba headlines and they've uh, they've stayed top of mind top of awareness they've grown the game uh and you gotta love it because in the summer months especially when you think it would be all football and major league baseball yeah there's the nba garnering a whole lot of headlines and that's really been the key for the NFL and all of these professional leagues that make it a 52-week, mm -hmm. 365 days a year sport to keep everything with the narratives in the storylines mm. churning out. Joe, free agency in the NBA officially begins on July 6th, but we know officially means absolutely nothing in the association. You can start the negotiating process on June 30th. That's a week from Friday and a guy that will garner a ton of attention maybe staying Oof. in California just a different part of it Draymond Green he declined his player option last week with the Golden State Warriors he becomes an unrestricted free agent entering this offseason Joe we start with what this means for the Warriors in the dynasty that we have known of the Splash Brothers Steph Curry Clay Thompson Draymond Green for championships in the last decade is it an end of an era, JR, for the Warriors? Well, I mean, 
it, it's going to be. I, I don't know if it's the end of an era as long as you have, you know, Steph Curry, and I think is eventually what's going to be is they're going to keep, they're going to figure out a way to keep him and, uh, and Clay. Uh, but Draymond is in all likelihood going to be the odd man out. Jordan Poole is going to be, uh, they are in such cap hell, though. Uh, that's the problem here. They pushed all in on these salaries here, and eventually this was going to bubble over, and here it is. Uh, so it might be a new look, Golden State. I don't know if it's the end of an era, uh, but it's at least the end of that big, uh, you know, that big three there at Golden yeah. State. Bob Myers, of course, the general manager that orchestrated mm -hmm. a ton of this, already out on his way elsewhere in the NBA. Mike Dunleavy was introduced as the new GM earlier this week. Where might Draymond go? Of course, the close personal friendship with LeBron James. There is already speculation that if he leaves Northern California, maybe he goes south. Let's focus on Golden State, though. They still have Steph Curry. They still mm -hmm. have Clay Thompson. We'll see what mm -hmm. happens with Jordan Poole in the rest of that roster. The sixth seed in the Western Conference this past season. They struggled mightily on the road, went to seven games with the Sacramento Kings before they advanced to the second round, ultimately bounced by those Los Angeles Lakers. Still a plus 650 price, though, Joe. Four Golden State to win the West, the third best number. 13-1 to one to win mm -hmm. another NBA championship. It's the fifth best price on the FanDuel Sportsbook at this current point. Not knowing all that we might see this summer for Golden State, what do you think the outlook is, Joe, for the Warriors entering 2023-24? Well, we know what the, um, you know, deficiency was with them this year, right? We saw what happened at the end. They just, they could not get enough scoring consistently to be able to compete. Live by the three, die by the three. So the question is going to remain with Golden State. What kind, I mean, we're talking almost close to a half a billion dollars in payroll if if they just try to keep everyone which is tax hell in the nba ben you know this that's yeah. got luxury tax ridiculousness so i don't know that anything changes because i don't know the flexibility that they're going to be able to bring anything in is it good enough are they going to be good enough to be able to finish as the seventh seed yeah that's probably what we're looking at anything more than that ben i i mean that's pie in the sky kind of stuff let's be realistic here yeah, I mean, when you see the plus 650 price, there is still that expectation oh. Golden State contends. But, Joe, we have already seen some movement in the Western Conference odds in the seven days since Denver mm -hmm. won an NBA championship as that top seed in the West last year. They are still the favorites this upcoming season, plus 230, but only a 90-cent distinction now in front of the Phoenix Suns, who have already acquired Bradley Beal. They did so on Sunday afternoon joe in your estimation entering next year in the nba does the west still run through the mile high city absolutely until further notice people here i don't like we you can spend an entire show on how stupid this bradley beal deal was and how people are just over the top how somehow you think that makes them a contender is hilarious on so many levels yeah. since they're only going to have four guys they can run out there a night and that's it um i i don't understand it but the reality is Denver, it, it's Denver or bust. Unless something crazy happens between now and the start of the season, the only team uh, walking away with a uh, Western Conference, uh, you know, title again, to me, is going to be the Denver Nuggets. That team is primed 
for a dynasty run, and I think it begins next year. Nikola Jokic is 28 years old. Jamal Murray is 26 years old. Michael Porter Jr., even younger than that, and Michael Malone returns as the head coach. They have the entire cast and crew virtually back yep. for another year. Listen, it's a tough thing to tie up your money until the end of May, early June, to bet a Western Conference championship price at this moment, but you could make an argument for value already on the Denver Nuggets at plus two. 30. All right, NBA draft tomorrow in Brooklyn. There has already been a ton of conversation about the chaos, Joe, we might see early on in the draft order. One thing we virtually know for sure, Victor Wembanyama, a minus 50,000 favorite to be the first overall pick, is making his way to San Antonio. But there has been some speculation Charlotte might shop that second overall pick, and there have been some mm -hmm. rumors, perhaps, that Charlotte is in conversation with New Orleans for Zion Williamson. The fact the number one overall pick, Jorinari, from the 2019 NBA draft is already potentially on the move is something of itself. The thought is, Joe, that Zion will not be traded by the time the NBA draft gets underway tomorrow. But the fact he's even involved in the speculation and the reports does say something about where his status stands in the Big Easy. What do you think Zion's future is with the Pelicans? Wait, wait, wait. I, ben, I'm, I'm being told um, in the last 10 minutes, Zion just tripped at the buffet and uh, he might be out another six months. So this could be uh, all out as far as I'm concerned here. I mean, listen, the window of opportunity to move Zion is now. Because one more injury, Ben, and then he's untouchable. Nobody is going to give you anything for him because you can't trust him to stay healthy. So if the Pelicans are going, if they've had enough, and all signs indicate they've had enough, Ben, now is yep. the time to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with a guy that had all the talent in the world and couldn't stay healthy. And we know that means um, you basically screwed yourself, Pelicans. you got to move on from him. Tripping in the bedroom, perhaps, as well, on his way to the buffet line. A huge update for Zion Williamson on the timeline yesterday. Again, please do your own research. This is a family program. There has been some thought, Joe, that New Orleans is infatuated with Scoot Henderson, who many consider the second-best prospect from a talent level in the 2023 NBA draft but some reporting yesterday from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that after working out both Alabama's Brandon Miller and Scoot once again Charlotte trending toward taking Brandon Miller at number two he is yeah. now the odds-on favorite at minus 470 to go second overall I reference all of that Joe because Scoot Henderson is now the heavy odds-on favorite to go third which the Portland Trailblazers select at this moment. But they might not be interested in looking at a rookie rebuild, but instead trying to trade that third overall pick to keep Damian Lillard in Portland. So here we go again, Joe. Rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. Will Dame stay in the Rose City? Will he leave the Blazers? Joe, will Dame stay or will he go? Well, you know, I think Dame doesn't mind being buried in Portland. I, I mean, quite honestly, I, I think he would have forced his way out if he was really interested in chasing a title, Ben. Would he still be in Portland at this point? Would he have trusted this organization this long? I think he's at a point where, yeah, it'd be great if I could win, but for the most part, I kind of enjoy not having to play the last 25 games of a season so I can work on my new album. 
and that could very well just be where he's at. I don't, uh, if Portland doesn't, they're both saying the right things, Ben, but the reality is when you've got a superstar like him and the organization both telling us the same story, none of that is going to come to fruition. Something is going to happen here between now and Thursday. Based on reports, Damian Lillard wants Portland to shop that third overall pick for a star, a veteran to build around. We heard Pascal Siakam be a name floated out there. Bam Adebayo has been reported yep. by our good friend Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports about a player to target for the Blazers. Joe, we appreciate you. I'll miss you in Atlantic City tomorrow. More from the NBA Draft <laughs> next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. the eve of the 2023 NBA draft there is so much chaos to already break down for you reporting last night has altered the Oz boards of what is going to happen after number one and Victor Wimbayama makes his way to San Antonio as we break down the draft and get you ready for what we are going to see in about 34 hours time in Brooklyn New York Ryan Hammer joins us here on this Wednesday on the morning after. One of the best eyes scouting all of the prospects that you need to know entering this 2023 NBA draft. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. The big board is done at this point, or are we adding to those prospect profiles on this eve of the NBA draft? I always feel like I want to add more and more as the later minutes roll through here, um, but I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the big board sit. I think we talked about it before of 120 plus prospects, uh, 70 of them ranked at the top. So I'm I'm ready. 120 prospects, by the way, for an NBA draft that is just a little bit longer than 60 picks. But that is the degree of detail that Ryan Hammer brings you here. So Ryan, let's start with the reporting last night from ESPN J. Drew and Wojnowski that will shape this draft now. We know Victor Wembayama is going first overall to San Antonio, but Woj reporting yesterday that Charlotte, after working out Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson earlier this week, is pretty fixated on taking the SEC Freshman of the Year Brandon Miller out of Alabama at number two overall. So we'll look at the lottery here in just a moment. But before we break down who goes where and which prospects has a better upside than the other, Ryan, how much chaos do you think we could see early on in the draft lottery tomorrow night? Like you said, after one, the draft really begins and anything really could happen at two between the two guys. We saw this last year with the number one pick in the Orlando Magic and Paolo Boncaro down to the last minute. It was Jabari Smith almost. Yeah. And within within minutes, less than an hour, they were like, oh, all of a sudden it's Paolo Boncaro now. Um, whether that was a smokescreen or whether it was just trying to get engagement up for the draft, whatever it is, I think it could be something similar because I do think it's going to be Scoo Henderson and I'm like trying to keep the odds completely out of my, my rear view here uh, and just focus on that. Yeah. Scoot is definitely the better prospect than he always has been. So, Ryan, when you look at the draft lottery, Charlotte might be moving that pick. They have a decision to make at two. We know that Portland, because they are trying to keep Damian Lillard happy, might be moving the number three overall pick, trying to bring in a veteran, a star to build alongside Dame. Which team in the top half of the NBA draft lottery, maybe picks one through seven, are you keeping your eye on the most? 
I'm keeping my eye on Detroit. If we're talking about trading the pick, I know that things with Cam Whitmore have gone a little south with some medical reports and workouts and interviews and stuff like that in the last few weeks. I know they're going to consider Jarris Walker there, Asar Thompson, Anthony Black, a lot of different skill players. Um, but I think because of their uncertainty, they might be open to moving the pick. The Magic have 6-11. and 11. They might want to move up. The Jazz have yep. three picks at 16, 9, and 28. They might want to move up. Uh, so I think the Pistons are definitely a team to watch. So let's dive into what is going to happen at number two overall. Currently, the Charlotte Hornets hold that pick. Again, they worked out both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson for a second time earlier this week. And following Woj's report last night, a ton of movement in the odds. Scoot was a $2 odds-on favorite yesterday to be that second overall pick. Brandon Miller is now a minus 470 favorite. The odds even growing from where they were overnight. Minus 470 for Brandon Miller to be the second overall selection in the 2023 NBA draft. Ryan, you alluded to it there. What do you think happens at number two overall tomorrow night in Brooklyn? That is a crazy swing overnight of odds. Uh, I'm not surprised. Like I said, we saw it last year. I think it comes back the other way right up until draft time, kind of like under the radar. People don't realize it's happening. Uh, I'm rolling with Scoot. If I'm a betting man, if, I, if I'm getting my books, I'm looking at those odds of Scoot on the plus money. Uh, as an underdog, and I like him going number two. This is your chance to do it. Ryan, we saw it last year. If you remember, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out early in the day around noon Eastern time that Paolo Bancaro, who was not the favorite to go number one overall, was going to go number one overall. In fact, he gave us the top three of the draft order that played out, but everybody said, Woj, what are you doing? You're crazy. The market adjusts back. Then it was Jabari Smith as the favorite to be the first overall pick up until a half an hour before the draft started, and then minutes before Orlando was on the clock, the odds swing once again. Paolo Bancaro closes a minus 9,000 favorite to be the first overall pick. And it turned out Woj was right. We saw something similar in the NFL draft, where on the day of the draft, it was Will Anderson Jr., the favorite to be the second overall pick before C.J. Stroud became the odds-on favorite. There is so much movement in these draft market so right as you compare these prospects and you go through their profiles and where their strengths and weaknesses are as they look to take that step at the next level when you compare scoot henderson to brandon miller who do you think has more nba upside i think the answer is scoot henderson it's always been scoot henderson also for years this class has been focused on victor and scoot and then we'll see how the college freshmen kind of play out and scoot playing in the g league which is nba level athletes nba level competition and pace and style of game for two years at age 17 and 18, I think, is a very, very underappreciated aspect of his game. The outside shot is really the only concern because his size is not a concern. He plays and he's built like a grown man, even though he's only 6'2". Uh, but his outside shot's improve, improving for sure. Brandon Miller has shown his outside shot it is his big strength, but there's other flaws in his game that Squatterson doesn't have. And I think when you look at teams like Charlotte that people question the fit, it's not really a question for me because you need two major ball handlers' primary options down the road to be able to win and win playoff series and contend for a title. And if you have LaMelo and Scoot together, you don't need to worry about that down the road. So, It's a really good point, Ryan. It's one of the reasons Brandon Miller has been slotted into number two. They think the fit, the role he would play with the Hornets is better than that of Scoot. But maybe you just take the best player at that spot. Fit, 
versus best is going to be a huge conversation across the NBA draft tomorrow night. Brandon Miller, one of the few college players we are going to see maybe go in the top five of this NBA draft because after that, it's a conversation about two twins that played in the overtime elite league for the City Reapers, Eamon Thompson and Asor Thompson right now. Amen Thompson is the odds-on favorite to be that fourth overall selection minus two 50. Asor Thompson, the favorite to be the sixth overall pick at this moment. Ryan, how do you compare the Thompson brothers as we get ready for tomorrow night? It's tough sometimes with the OTE play because the gameplay can be kind of unserious at times and some of the players are a much bigger tier below them, but they have played an international level. They've played in other levels in tournaments and pro comps and against other international teams over the course of their last two years, and they are very good. Their athleticism will prevail on any stage. That's their biggest, their biggest threat. Um, Amen Thompson, I think going four, I'm more confident in that with the Rockets than I am with Scooter Miller going two or three. Uh, I think it's a good fit. He fits their athletics, transition, speed style game, uh, and he's a great player. I think Asar could slide a little bit. Like you said, he could go at six where he's slotted to be. He's at the favorite. I think he can go as low as 10 or 11 also because of the guys like Cam Whitmore, Taylor Hendricks, Jairus Walker, a lot of those college guys uh, that mix in with very, very similar skill sets. Uh, that Asar has so we'll see where he, he, uh, he ends up when we look at the top four picks right now in the odds for it Victor Wembayama a minus 50,000 favorite to be the first overall selection there are no guarantees in sports wagering but that's pretty darn close because of the movement overnight Brandon Miller a minus 470 favorite to be that second overall pick Scoot Henderson a minus 370 favorite to be the third overall pick and Amen Thompson right there at minus 250 to be the fourth overall selection as well not a minus money price Ryan for the fifth overall pick that Detroit currently holds. But there has been some movement in the past 48 hours. Cam Whitmore entered draft week as the favorite to be the fifth overall pick. Now it's Jarris Walker after his freshman year with the Houston Cougars. Ryan, you mentioned it earlier. What do you think Detroit does with that fifth overall selection in the 2023 NBA draft? I think there's a legitimate chance they could trade the pick. Uh, teams like Orlando that are at 6-11, and 11, it's not really a big drop-off, have been trying to move up. Same with Utah for guys like Anthony Black that offer a really unique combo of size and versatility in this field to the game. Um, but if the Pistons are there, I lean Jarris Walker. I think it's close to a 50-50 split, but because of the recent uh, hearings in the world with Cam Whitmore and the medical reports, I think they're going to go Jarris. When you look at other players, Ryan, deeper in the draft lottery, potentially in the back half of it, we have some odds to be a top 10 pick. You look at Derek Lively after his freshman year, the big man out of Duke, plus 210. Kobe Bufkin coming out of Michigan, plus 210. Bilal Kolobali, who played with Victor Wembayama in France, is also plus 210. You look at some of these names on that board on the screen right there, Ryan, which prospect do you think is most NBA ready at this moment? NBA ready is tough. I think there's guys like Grady Dick and Kaysen Wallace that are so easy to slot into NBA lineups on day one uh, because of whether it's Grady Dick's style and how easily he's going to transition as an off-ball shooter. But Kaysen Wallace has like a really, really deep level maturity that we saw at Kentucky on both ends of the floor. High IQ, high efficiency, elite defender. Uh, I think they can easily slot into rotations on day one. So when you think of stocks rising tomorrow night, maybe a prospect that could be drafted above his actual position grade. Ryan, as we do your triple threat for the 2023 NBA draft, give me a name to know that you think might be drafted too high tomorrow night. 
Uh, I think there's a couple guys. I think Noah Clowney and Bryce Sensabaugh are the two. Noah Clowney got a green room invite, which I was definitely a little surprised at. I thought he was maybe a later end of the first. I knew the teams were considering him in the top 20. Uh, now I would imagine he's going to go in that top 25, top 30 picks. Um, but I think there's a lot of upside to play. His shooting ability is not fully there yet, but he's shown flashes of it. His mechanics are solid. He's showing good defensive versatility. So can he be a Nick Claxton with a better outside jumper down the road? I don't know. I think that's his ceiling. Um, but I have questions in the development because we didn't see a lot of it at Alabama. And I think some other stretch bigs and forwards have shown what he's yeah. shown and then some with the similar upside. Bryce Sensabaugh coming off a sensational year, a sensational freshman year for Ohio State. Optimism in the draft. We'll see where he slots in tomorrow. Now, on the other edge of that equation, Ryan, who is a player you think is undervalued right now in the 2023 NBA draft class? Definitely Marcus Sasser. He is slotted to be somewhere in the mid-30s to early 40s range, but we've seen time and time again, Andrew Nemhard, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brunson, year after year, there's an experienced college guard that is an All-American or unbelievable at the college level and gets overlooked because of his size, because of his age. They question what his upside is. But we see all those guys succeed for a reason because they're all elite players, and Marcus Sasser is that. He's not too small. He plays with an unreal motor. As you know, you've seen it over his years at Houston. He's an unbelievable yep. shooter. He's a great defender. There's no reason that he can't be a top 15, maybe even 10, top 10 player in this class. And he has a great program pedigree coming from Houston, a guy that averaged more than 17 points per game last year for the Cougs, was a first-team All-American. Now, we talked about a couple of teams that might cause chaos early on in the draft lottery. Ryan, who's another NBA organization you think might be on the move that we should know about tomorrow night? Ever since the Gobert and Donovan trades, it's got to be Utah and Danny Ainge. We know how aggressive he is in his front offices. They have three first-round picks at 9 16 and 28 they're definitely trying to move up right now i know they love guys like below Koulibaly, like anthony black if they can bring in high upside versatility like that if they have to shell up a couple of players or a couple of future picks to go move up for another lottery pick or, or three top 20 picks they will do it because danny Ainge will get what he wants are we doing the brian windhorse here on nba draft eve what's happening in utah is that what ryan hammer is telling us right now uh, I, I guess so. It's, it's what is happening. You're going you're gonna to be saying that in a, in a little while. So We will see what happens tomorrow night in the 2023 NBA Draft. Ryan, thank you so much for your time, as always, and the awesome prospect breakdowns for the NBA Draft. More the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sportsbook. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our opening hour together live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, and that includes 
the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app, now available for download at the Apple App Store. All of our information, all of our insights, everything you need to know to become a better sports better and a more engaged sports fan, right there when you scan the QR code on your screen in the palm of your hand. The new Sports Grid app available for download. So as we round out this opening hour, we like hearing from you. There was a ton of movement in the 2023 NBA draft odds last night after the report from ESPN Adrian Wojnarowski that Charlotte was zeroing in on taking Alabama's Brandon Miller at number two overall the odds move like crazy we break that down by hearing from you who should go number two overall tomorrow night in the NBA draft that was the question and fade the public At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, who will be the number two pick in Thursday's NBA draft? Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson? Now, the public is not as resounding on this as the odds would be at this moment. Most of the public, north of 55% of the public, saying Brandon Miller will go second overall in tomorrow night's NBA draft. But because of the reporting overnight, Brandon Miller became the heavy odds-on favorite to be that second overall pick. Minus 360 in the overnight hours on this Wednesday morning as we round out the opening hour of TMA. Brandon Miller is a minus 470 favorite to be that second overall pick. Scoot Henderson then, the odds-on favorite to go third overall at minus 370. Don't forget, yesterday at this time, it was Scoot Henderson, greater than a $2 favorite to be the second overall pick Rafael Barlow told you yesterday in studio he was still pretty confident Brandon Miller was going number two we'll hear from Rafael in studio in hour number two and a check-in in the College World Series up next right here on the morning app